0: In the book of James, chapter 1, verses 2-4, through four, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. When we have that completeness, when we know what these trials are, when we know that they're used to build us, we can see ba- bad and troubling events as something to build on instead of something to trip over. When we experience the joys, the things that we call joys, the things that we call happiness, when we experience these things in context of a life being full of both pain and pleasure, we can truly experience them both in radically different ways. When I'm up on the mountain and I see where God's brought me from, it puts the pain in context. When I can look down and I can see that valley, when I can see that darkness, when I can see where God brought me from, the joy is all the much more sweeter. If God placed me on the mountain and just never told me about anything else, eventually I'd want to crawl down in that valley and experience some of that pain because it was different, because it was not what I was used to. Sometimes God shakes us up because he knows that's what we need. Sometimes God shakes us up because we've gotten too complacent and too comfortable where we are. Sometimes God has brought us to a place where we put all of our faith in the thing that God has given us instead of putting our faith in God himself. We put so much emphasis on feeling good. We put so much emphasis on financial blessings. They have this prosperity gospel where people want to, if you sow your $100 seed, you'll win the lottery. While there's still people there in poverty, while there's people still struggling, And then the pastor has the audacity to look them in the face and tell them that it's because they're sinners. Our blessings are not dependent on those things. Jesus says that it it rains on the just and the unjust. Bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. It's not right, but it's still part of God's plan. God can use even the most evil of things to do the greatest good. This is especially spelled out in the story of Joseph, where his brothers sold him into slavery, forgot about him, told his dad that he was dead. And uh, after a few years, he was sold. He was locked in a dungeon. God used him in a way that He had already been preparing him for from the get-go. Some of us have these talents that are kind of we've almost felt like we've been born with. We have these things that we felt feel like we've had all along but they're not put in the right context. Sometimes it takes trial. Sometimes it takes situations. Sometimes it takes being in the dungeon to really find out what the purpose of that is. And our gifts that God gives us finally come to fruition when we get into a point where we need to use them. Joseph uses it in the dungeon and it gains him favor with the Pharaoh. It gives him his own throne And it gives him a place of power. Well, the gift that he had was interpreting dreams. One of the dreams he had interpreted was that there was going to be a time of great plenty and then a time of famine. So what he did is he was able to plan ahead, take the excess and save it for the times when they would need it during the famine and still remain prosperous. Sometimes God wants us to get into places where we're uncomfortable. But sometimes God wants us to prepare us for something that's even less comfortable. Sometimes he wants us to prepare for a season that we may need what this trial is going to give us. In Joseph's life, what it gave him was the insight to be able to help his people out. It gave him the insight to store up the food and God was able to use him to not only bring forgiveness to his brothers, but to feed them, to save the nation that cast Joseph out. And in doing this, God is able to use that pain that Joseph experienced in a way that changes lives, not just his life, which it did deeply, but the lives of those around him, the lives of those that persecuted him. This is especially clear in the gospel accounts also. When Jesus was crucified, there was a centurion, a a Roman soldier, that watched Jesus take his last breath, and he exclaimed, Truly, this is the Son of God. He was one of the people that was there to kill Jesus, and in doing so, in watching the suffering and the struggle of Jesus, he realized that that was the Messiah. Even before Jesus' own disciples realized that, when they were still scattering about because they thought that their hopes and dreams had been crushed this Roman soldier that was just a few seconds ago laughing at Jesus on the cross, knelt at the cross and accepted him for who he was. The thief that was on the cross next to Jesus recognized who he was in his hours of pain because he stayed silent, because he didn't give in to the the crowds because he didn't let his self worth be defined by his circumstances because he didn't let them define who he was because he didn't let the Romans or the Jewish officials define who he was. But that's what we do. We sit there and we try to define God There are things we can know about God. There are things that we can learn about God. But we do not define who God is just because of our understanding of who he is. Just like the circumstances he brings us through don't define us in the sense that we have to be overcome by them, but that we can overcome them through Christ. This is clear in Romans Paul talks about this exact thing. He says, No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul is living in a time where Christianity is persecuted to its fullest. He becomes a martyr for Christianity when just shortly before that he was going to persecute them himself. He was on his way to go kill a bunch of Christians when Jesus appeared to him. He listened to Jesus's calling and it changed his circumstances. It changed what he took from his life experiences. He was able to draw on experiences he had had and put them in the context of where Jesus brought him. He was able to look at some of these painful things, his shipwrecks, his imprisonments, his poverty, changes in status, all these things that he experienced, he was able to put into the context of what the biblical narrative says. His joy did not come from outside influence anymore. It came from Jesus himself. When we come to a place where we can use God as our soul joy, God as our bread, God in his provision, we don't have to be defined by these circumstances that we find ourselves in. Because we will find ourselves in these circumstances. We will experience pain. We will experience loss we will experience hurt we will come to the point where we feel like we are worthless this is part of the human condition but we don't have to stay there God has given us a way out if we only listen for it if we put our trust in him if we get into his word and we understand what it is he's trying to tell us when we listen for that whisper when we listen for God to answer in unexpected ways we can learn a lot more God uses things that we would have never expected him to use to change the world he used 12 fishermen tax collectors the lowest of society, to completely turn the world upside down. He used a traitor from in his midst to, care, to put in motion the greatest act of salvation, the only effective act of salvation in all of history the reason that there was the resurrection was because there was the crucifixion the reason there was the crucifixion was because of god using something terrible and i know that when i look at this world sometimes it's when i when i see an event that's bad i look at it and say this is horrible what is this world coming to? Where is God? One time, uh, after the hurricane, um, some it was a Sunday, and um, I was at work, and people were coming in from church, and he made the statement, "Where is your God now? Where?" Was your God when this was happening? People said that about 9 11. Where was God? But if we really look, if we objectively look, if we look for the whispers, we can see where God worked where God used that to change lives, to change the world. There are things that are not the same anymore because of those situations. There are people who are closer now because of those situations. There are relationships that have been healed because of those situations. Right now, we're in the the COVID pandemic. I've seen and I've heard stories of people who have been brought together that never would have been brought together if this hadn't happened. People look at this and they're like, Oh, they're trying to persecute the church. They're trying to shut the church down. I've seen churches do things that they would have never done. I've seen drive-through communions. I've seen baptisms with water guns. I've seen things that are so revolutionarily different from what we've been doing that God was able to use because of this tragedy. People continue to lose their lives every single day because of this. But people continue to live on and people continue to change because of this as well. The landscape changes. The lives change. There's people that are brought together. God has used all of these negative things to bring about good. The Bible says that that God will bring good to those that love him. That I'll find the the verse. It's in uh, Romans 8, 28. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. If we put our trust in Him, we are claiming that blessing. We can either let the bad stay bad in our lives. We can either take that and run with it. Or we can let God use it for the good, like Joseph did. We can trust him in spite of these parts of our reality and have a joy that is deeper than any superficial happiness. Any riches. Anything that we could possibly gloat over. Anything that we normally think of as being good. It says in the Bible... that uh God's ways are higher than our ways that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts God sees the big picture that we don't see God sees the things that we miss out on God sees the full maze from start to finish When we can only see the walls or the paths. God can use all of these things to change our lives, if we let them, for the better. God can help us to turn tragedy into triumph. God can help us to turn uh, our foolish actions into wisdom. God can help us to turn a sinful life into one that is pleasing to God. We only need to trust them. We only need to follow them. I want to pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, if there's anybody out there that's experiencing these troubled times, if there's anybody that's going through situations right now that only you know about, God, bring them the clarity. Whisper into their hearts. Whisper into their minds. Whisper into their lives the way to get through the maze. Help them to come out on the other side, God. Show them that there's a better way. Help them to realize that you're there. They're just looking for you in the wrong places. That you're there calling them. Help them to hear that voice. Help them to hear you leading them. If there's anybody that doesn't know you, help them to know you right now, God. Help them to give their lives to you and just touch them in a way that they never thought possible. I thank you for all your many blessings, and I love you and praise you, and it's in your Holy Son's name, Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen.